Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. We got a lot to dive into, but right off the top, I want to tell you about my friends at Pure Talk. You can save up to $800 a year. I've got my own family signed up for this. Pure Talk people have been to my house. They will take care of you like they have taken care of my 13-year-old son. You get unlimited talk, text, 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. You can also get a brand new iPhone 12 for $479. Keep your same phone if you want. Keep your same phone number for certain. How do you sign up and save up to $800 a year? For you and your family, go to puretalk.com. Shop for the plan and the phone that's right for you. Enter the promo code OUTKICK and you'll save 50% off your first month and save on a new phone. That's puretalk.com. Promo code OUTKICK. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Brian Kelly to LSU. Notre Dame loses their coach to LSU. He sent out a text message last night. Uh, Brian Kelly scheduled to be introduced tomorrow. Uh, He had a 7 a.m. meeting with his team where Brian Kelly told everybody peace out, I'm headed to LSU. He talked to them for 10 minutes. My question for all of you out there that have ever been to college is there any way you're showing up for a 7 a.m. team meeting to hear that your coach has taken the money and he's running and he's going to leave you and he's headed down to Louisiana and you will probably never see him again Uh, in South Bend for the rest of your life. No way I'm showing up. No way I am showing up for this meeting. I don't begrudge Adam, uh, uh, Brian Kelly at all for making this choice or anybody who is a top coach. I don't begrudge Lincoln Riley leaving for USC but let's talk about what's going on here. Coaches are, if they are at the apex of their profession, underpaid. And I've been arguing this for a long time. Those of you who have watched and listened to me know that I have advocated the Clay Travis dump truck of cash theory for a long time. Texas A&M did it with Jimbo Fisher to get him to leave Florida State. They're doing it now at LSU for Brian Kelly. Uh, They did it at USC for Lincoln Riley in order to get a successful coach to leave. Pretty much the only reason that you're going to be able to do that is cold, hard cash. And you have to make a coach an offer that they cannot refuse. Mel Tucker got that offer at Michigan State. James Franklin got that offer at Penn State. So much money that they can't say no. That's the way the world works. And I've been arguing for a long time that Nick Saban is wildly underpaid. And people say, well, what do you mean by that? Nick Saban should be making $50 million a year because if he is the head coach of your program, he pretty much can guarantee you a national championship. In other words, Nick Saban took over the University of Tennessee tomorrow. Do you think he would win a national championship at Tennessee in the next five years? I do. Do you think Nick Saban would win a national championship in the next five years at Michigan? I do. Do you think Nick Saban would win a national championship in the next five years at USC? I do. If he took over any top 25 program, I think Nick Saban could win a national championship there. That's because Nick Saban is the best at what he does. The impact that Nick Saban has had on the University of Alabama is far beyond what he has been compensated. What happens in college football and has happened for a long time is instead of paying the coaches that deserve premiums and I would say Lincoln Riley does I would say Brian Kelly does I would say Dabo Sweeney does 
I would say Nick Saban does. Kirby Smart. Maybe, depending on how he continues to perform, Ryan Day. There are relatively few coaches in that top 10 category that are deserving of monster contracts. What ends up happening is let's use Coach O as an example. Coach O gets paid roughly similar to Nick Saban because that's how LSU demonstrates that they care as much about football as Alabama does. The top coaches are elevating salaries for the middle tier. The top 10 to 20 coaches are wildly underpaid. I really believe that. The next 20 to 80 coaches are mostly overpaid because the way you demonstrate that you care as much as Alabama or you care as much as Clemson or you care as much as Ohio State is by paying your coaches far more than they would otherwise be able to make. There are relatively few coaches, I think, that are true difference makers. Credit to USC and credit to LSU they have hired coaches that I believe are guaranteed not to fail. This has been my biggest criticism for a long time with the University of Tennessee. When they hired Derek Dooley when they hired Butch Jones when they hired uh, 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 maybe Josh Heupel when they hired all of these different coaches they made a choice to pay market or below market. And what do they always say? Well, if this guy succeeds then we'll pay him a lot more money. My argument is why not go ahead and pay a lot more money and guarantee yourself success? Because ultimately success pays for itself in donations to the university in ticket sales as soon as you have an excited level of support for a new coach fans buy tickets and immediately pay for whatever you had to pay that coach to come in. Now this is only in college sports because I think for instance in the NFL your quarterback matters way more than your coach does. But in college the quarterback is only there for a couple of years even if he's great. What matters is the culture put in place by the head coach. Credit to LSU. Credit to USC. I don't think they have overpaid I think they have gotten guaranteed winners. They have set a high floor and also a high ceiling. Brian Kelly could win a national championship at LSU just like Les Miles did. Just like uh, Coach O did. Now, I understand people are upset with the way these coaches leave but that's a natural reality of what goes on right now when there's no non-competes. People say, how does this happen? The contracts don't matter. If a coach wants to leave he can leave and he can leave at any point and he can go take over for a rival program. If Nick Saban wanted to he could be the head coach of Oklahoma tomorrow. There's no other example out there where a a highly paid CEO because that's what a coach is could leave one company and go to work for a competing company the next day and not even have to serve any non-compete at all. In general, I'm opposed to non-competes. But they exist almost everywhere. Tomorrow, I couldn't leave and go work at CNN or ESPN even if they wanted me because I'm with Fox. That's what my contract requires. I couldn't leave my radio show 
and go work on another radio show outside of iHeart because I'm contractually signed up for the Clay and Buck show with iHeart. Imagine how much more money theoretically I could make if I have a good year and 2021 has been a good year and I could go out to the market every single year after I had a good year and say, hey, you want to have a successful radio show? You want to have a successful talk talk show host? I'm willing to do it. Be a good payday. But college athletics is unlike virtually anywhere else. So that's what's going on there. I don't begrudge the choice of uh, Brian Kelly going to LSU. I think it was a good move. I think that Brian Kelly recognized that he wasn't going to win a national championship ever at Notre Dame. Couldn't compete with Alabama. Couldn't compete with Ohio State couldn't compete with Clemson or other big Power 5 programs at Notre Dame. Why? Because I think those schools can get players in that Notre Dame never could. And I think now Brian Kelly will be able to recruit a larger number of players. And by the way, that's not an indictment of Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Northwestern, Vanderbilt, Stanford, all of those schools, Duke, they have to have kids who are great athletes and also great students. That's relatively rare. So the pool that they can recruit from is smaller. Notre Dame is doing the same thing. At LSU, Brian Kelly can go out and get anybody that he wants, in theory, bring him into his program, and if Les Miles could win a national title at LSU, and if Coach O could win a national title at LSU, I think there's every reason to believe that Brian Kelly will be able to win a national title at LSU as well. In the meantime, he's going to make a lot of money. I want to tell you about my friends at Candid Co. Uh, this is a really interesting situation as you go forward. Uh, and I hit the wrong button here so let me go ahead and pull this one up. Um, and I want to tell you all about what they do. Uh, there's a specialist for just about everything. When your car breaks down you go to a mechanic. When there's a problem with your shower you call a plumber. So when you want to get your uneven, crooked teeth fixed, you see an orthodontist. They're the specialist and that's what sets Candid, the invisible, comfortable, and removable aligners above the rest. You can get hooked up right now, get a straighter, brighter smile you've always wanted and you can get started from home for just $15. Average Candid treatment is just six months. You start seeing results way before then cost thousands of dollars less than traditional braces you can get hooked up with beautiful, straight, bright teeth for as little as $15. You can also book an appointment at a Candid studio near you today. Here's what I need you to do. Go to CandidCO that's CandidCo.com slash Clay and use my code Clay C-L-A-Y That's CandidCo.com slash Clay Use my code Clay and you can take advantage of a limited time offer for a $15 starter kit. If you've always wanted straighter, whiter, brighter teeth you can get hooked up today at CandidCo.com slash Clay Code Clay CandidCo.com slash Clay Use the code Clay. How about Enos Cantor? I want to give a tremendous amount of credit to Enos Cantor. We didn't talk about the fact because I was uh, down in Oxford and then I was down in Florida and I didn't do the show for several days. Enos Cantor wore as a member of the Boston Celtics tennis shoes that showed LeBron James being crowned LeBron James being crowned by Chairman Z the dictator in charge of China 
on his sneaker and he wore them while playing against LeBron James. He has been calling out all of the NBA players who have been unwilling to stand up for basic human rights around the world meanwhile they've been denigrating everything going on in the United States. He now has become a citizen and changed his last name to Freedom. Credit to Enos Cantor for everything that he is doing for supporting human rights around the world and for being willing unlike a lot of corporations and a lot of people out there who make money off of China to call out the dictators the horrible genocidal dictators that are running China right now for what they are doing. Props to Enos Cantor for his actions right now. I'm sitting right now in an X chair. You know what the X chair does? It hooks me up in a big way. It's the most comfortable chair I have ever sat in and right now they have got an incredible offer for you. Not only is the X chair the world's greatest office chair it has an LMAX technology that doubles as a massage chair it can also cool you or warm your back. Can your office chair do that? I know a lot of you are working from home now. I do. Three hour daily television uh, daily radio show daily television I think I'm going to be on Sean Hannity's show again tonight. So much work I write got the anonymous mailbag up so much of my work is done while sitting in this X chair and now's the perfect time to purchase an X chair. You can get $100 off your X chair just by purchasing it at xchairclay.com that is X chair's holiday gift for you. That's xchairclay.com 30 day guarantee complete comfort. I love this chair it supports my back helps me to be as efficient as I possibly can be it will do the same for you and if you want to do a payment plan as little as $30 a month go to xchairclay.com and save that's xchairclay.com Paying attention to this new Chris Cuomo scandal uh, CNN's Chris Cuomo evidently has been doing behind the scenes research to support his brother Uh, Andrew Cuomo the former governor of New York in all of the sexual harassment uh, investigations. Now this is a big issue for CNN because they allowed the Cuomo brothers to appear together on CNN uncritically examine Andrew Cuomo's uh, record as the governor of New York and didn't discuss it in any kind of legitimate way. Now of course Andrew Cuomo is out of office he may face criminal charges of a significant nature related to all of those issues. From a journalistic perspective there's no way to defend what Chris Cuomo said. But from a perspective of someone who has uh, kids I would hope that my sons would all look out for each other that they would put their familial relationships above their jobs. That's different than what CNN has to do which is I think probably fire Chris Cuomo for what he did. Now this is going to be an incredible comeuppance here right because in the space of a little over a year we will see Andrew and Chris Cuomo what all the media love to cover what all the media love to talk about both losing their jobs over the way that they have responded to media scrutiny surrounding Andrew. And I think in a bigger picture issue here CNN's got to figure out what they stand for. Are they going to be a legitimate journalistic organization? Or are they going to be Joe Biden's fluffers? Are they going to defend Dr. Fauci to the ends of the earth even though there are ample areas of criticism for him? Or are they going to continue to be 
Fauciites and defend Fauci no matter what, no matter how much he gets wrong. The question that CNN has is they have no audience. The truth of the matter is they needed Donald Trump at CNN more than Fox News did, more than even MSNBC did. When they became an anti-Trump network, that gave CNN oxygen. As soon as Trump was gone, their ratings have plummeted to levels not ever seen before. So this is going to be, I think, an amazingly interesting decision that CNN has as they continue to move forward towards 2022. Are they going to turn back into a legitimate news organization? Or are they going to continue to be a part of the resistance? Which I believe has utterly failed them now that Trump is no longer in office. The biggest loser from a media perspective from Donald Trump failing to win re-election was CNN in a big way. Uh, There's a new Twitter CEO. New Twitter CEO uh, has already got changes that are occurring at Twitter. He's already restricting what pictures can be put up, what videos can be put up, and he is also right now in the process of using Twitter to defend himself over past tweets. Uh, I took a picture of this because it was so ridiculous and utterly absurd. It's one thing if the CEO of Twitter wants to defend himself uh, but when I start off my morning by reading uh, under the For You News tab an old tweet from Parag Agrawal is a quote from a television show and is a satirical take on stereotypes journalists report. Twitter is a publisher. When they are choosing to pick the journalists that they like and share their information and even make it a trending topic so that other people can see it this is propaganda designed to uplift the CEO of Twitter. There's no other way to describe what is going on here. I find it ominous. The new Twitter CEO I think is going to be worse than Jack Dorsey in terms of being in favor of free speech and I am concerned that we are going to end up in a world where more and more people get censored and more and more people get removed from Twitter. A part of me is already preparing for that. Uh, That's one reason I wanted to take the biggest radio show in the country uh, The Clay and Buck Show which I encourage you guys to subscribe to and go give us five stars. It's also another reason why I wanted to have a partnership with Fox going forward so that OutKick's articles and site can be as widely distributed as possible. Kamala Harris is such a disaster as Vice President that according to The Guardian there is talk inside of the Biden White House about replacing her as Vice President and making her uh, the Supreme Court Justice instead. Now presumably this would be Justice Breyer stepping down. Remember Joe Biden has already promised to put a black woman on the Supreme Court and if they were going to make this switch they would need to do it before the midterms because the likelihood is that the Democrats will lose their 50-50 breakdown in the Senate and would be in a position where they're not able to get anyone confirmed to the Supreme Court until after the 2024 elections because they wouldn't control uh, the Senate and they also uh, would not control the presidency at the same time. So they would need to do this between now and November of next year. Argument is that Biden wants a new vice president. Now, I continue to believe it is unlikely 
that Joe Biden is going to run for re-election. He's going to need to make a decision within the next year and a half probably by May or June of 19 because the primaries start in January of 24. So what is Joe Biden going to end up doing and is there any legitimacy to Kamala Harris going to the Supreme Court? Does she want it? I question whether she wants it or not. I can see why it would make sense for the Biden White House to push her off to the side and find a new vice president because she's wildly unpopular. But I don't know who they could replace her with. Maybe Stacey Abrams without being called racist and sexist. And I just don't see Joe Biden as running in 2024. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's going to run. I think it's highly unlikely in my humble opinion. Do you see Jussie Smollett, our old buddy, is is, uh, on trial now? Uh, If you haven't seen this already, uh, Jussie Smollett is on trial uh, for, uh, for his racial hoax crime for lying